Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, valued listener, and welcome to this week's edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Returning once more like a supply teacher you occasionally see in the pub, brought to you by the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK, and Computer World UK. This week and every week, we clasp hands in our little non-denominational audio faith room as we bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed discussion on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. We're coming over from the other side loud and clear, courtesy of the kindness of Audio-Technica, who provided the mics on which we are recording this closely calibrated, solid gold quality. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in discussion by the impossibly young Christopher Manasian's staff writer of PC Advisor. Hi there, Matt. How you doing? Not so bad, thank you. We've also got the only marginally less young Charlotte G, editor of Techworld. Hello. And the same old David Price, acting editor <laughs> of Macworld UK. They get these intros. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Spent a bit of time working on them. Uh, this week we will be discussing Facebook and emotional intelligence, MWC and smartphone intelligence, robots and artificial intelligence, and Donald Trump. So, <laughs> eyes down for a full house. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. So, Christopher, uh, what exactly has Facebook been up to this week that you'd like to uh, bring to our attention? Well, just uh, yesterday, we uh, we saw a massive update for the reactions, the like button. It's completely revamped, and um, Mark Zuckerberg has added uh, several different um, emojis, almost. Um, there is six in total, which are like, love, haha, yes, as, oh. you, as you heard it, <laughs> wow, sad, and angry. So it's interesting as they've all changed um, in terms of their their formats. They've not it's not sticking to a like button. It's switching to a more universal format, and it's kind of addressing the dislike button. So a lot of people were talking about when are they going to add a dislike button? Because like say I post up, I'm really sad today, and in wishing to show solidarity, my mum likes that posting, and it's kind of like she's liking me being sad. It's possible exactly. she doesn't like me also, but I think I think it's just. Uh, but then, do we think this is a good thing? Because, uh, you know, there is some consternation about this, I think. Absolutely. So, I mean, the dislike button was obviously not uh, introduced because um, Facebook just generally thought, or even the people who are using Facebook thought, it would introduce sort of negative comments. Sure. Neg- trolling. 
trolling mm. exactly and stuff. People, it's just never nice if someone dislikes you. On a video yeah. on YouTube, someone dislikes you. Like, oh, what's going no on? No one dislikes any of your videos. Oh, absolutely, that, <laughs> never, never. Um, and so yeah, it was. It's quite interesting that they've put angry there because a lot of people are mm. saying angry as dislike. So yeah, yes, you could be angry in agreement with someone, couldn't you? Exactly. Mm. So I don't know. Some somebody says that their boyfriend's just left them, and then angry, 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 or maybe sad as well. I'm going to start doing wow. I think wow to every post. <laughs> Sarcastically, <laughs> wow. Me, I hear Kate Bush go, wow, wow. <laughs> and I think that there should be audio Facebook. Audio Facebook, that would be quite good. Take that to the bank, Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're broadly in favour then, are we? Or? No, what? no, 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 it's awful. It's you awful. think it's awful? Yeah. Oh, I, I actually quite like it. I mean, I like it. I don't love it. David is angry. You're angry. Uh, I'm just wow. You're just well, wow. I think... Um, there's something really depressing about it, to be honest, is that it's reducing all of human emotion to six um, little pictures. And people are going to fall upon these as a crutch. Previously, because there was no dislike button, then you'd be actually obliged to write something and say, right. I feel really bad that your, your cat just died or your boyfriend has left you. But now you can just go sad and that's it. And this is not going to um, expand the range of expression, it's going to narrow it. Mm. That's absolutely correct. I mean, one of the notes I had over here is the word of the year of 2015, according to Oxford Dictionaries, was the emoji face with tears of joy. It wasn't an actual word. It was just an emoji. So a face, as you said. And people are kind of worried about that, saying, well, if this is how society is going towards, we're not going to have any more But this is interesting because I I did not expect this discussion to take this turn. Mm. But what you're talking about is language and how language adapts and changes. And, And we often hear this kind of... Uh, I want to say moral panic, but it's not a moral panic. But this panic about about change in this respect, but but history tells us, or at least suggests to us, that people will find a way of expressing themselves in a creative way, using a new, potentially more efficient language. I mean, I'm I'm the last person here to be like really pro emoji. I would say, but, um, but I am kind of looking forward to seeing the way people use this because it won't be quite the way it was intended. I think. I mean, it'll be nice to see if there is any sort of stats or sort of comments if they start dropping yeah. because of these new reactions. Well, they've, they've said mm. that people are getting more engaged already. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So. At the moment, though, if you press if you press below, um, it seems to just default to like. Like you yeah, have to you actively have to choose over, one of the other yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't started my campaign of wow yet, but when I do, wow, I have to wow. <laughs> I have to actively pick it. I can't Systematically just Systematically on every single post yeah. you ever see. Maybe but, we should start writing reviews solely in emojis. solely in emojis. In emojis. Oh god. Do, I mean, does this but the thing is, does does this mean that is the fear that people are going to lose eloquence no, as a result? I, I don't, no, I, like, I didn't mean. Yeah. I didn't mean that. I um I do agree with that actually. Or become lazy. <laughs> People will find a way around it, and, and language is going to change. You're right. I just think, as a single gesture by an extremely influential company, mm. it's a bit sad mm. um, that they think what people want is a set of six prepackaged emotions with yeah. really insultingly simplistic names. <laughs> yeah, it's not even um, "I am angry," it's "angry," and it's not even <laughs> funny. It's "ha ha." Yeah. Everything is as near as possible to three letters. And it's yeah. Just, it's a bit yeah. depressing. But tech companies it. perhaps, I mean, I, I seem to remember um, the government digital service saying that they wrote all of their copy as if it was aimed at an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes do wonder whether tech companies don't assume a sort of lowest common yeah. denominator. You know. Well, certainly when talking about user experience, yeah. people often talk about um, the phrase our user experience colleague 
says is imagine it's an idiot in a hurry mm, um, and exactly. there is something of that in this in this you can imagine him saying that <laughs> exactly right? uh, yeah. there is something of, of this that in this in the facebook is you know it's about it's about one person publishing to many people also many people publishing back into them so mm. it's much easier to express solidarity by hitting like than it is mm. to write i express solidarity with you mm. um, i think also one of the interesting things here is is the reaction of the public in general because people don't like change no. exactly. and it's worth thinking back to you know uh, what facebook was like even two years ago mm. it's very different from very what it different. is now i mean it's kind of, now aspects of facebook are a bit like twitter and aspects mm. of facebook are are the internet it's, it's a publishing medium mm. um, so it's changing rapidly and all the time and i do wonder if there isn't a chance that we'll kind of forget that this happened after a while because it'll just be part of the Facebook package, you know. On top of that, when things are changed in massive companies, YouTube again, another example, yeah. when something's changed, they often change it and then try and see people's reaction. And yeah, only after and maybe adapt. a year or so, then they like, Google Plus was a perfect example yeah. of that. Yeah. People never used it, but they forced it upon users. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, let's see what happens. But just, just a quick thing, they actually had seven um, reactions initially. Right. They had yay yeah, as well. But how did they how did they write that? So yay, yay just y a y exactly. That's just awful. But then they removed it. <laughs> Unless it's kind of old oldie English, you know. Yay, yay, though I walk. The valley. Oh no no no, that's that's, that's y e a. Yeah, yeah. Is it for cowboys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a significant number of cowboys on Facebook. Right. Yeah, it's important that yeah. underrepresented. But uh, <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. But, yeah, I mean, so they've dropped that. And I wonder why. They, they tested it in several markets. Apparently not enough yeah. people were using it. Right. And so they got rid of it. So it'd be interesting to see if these six... I'd like to hear more about the tests from Facebook. So can I, I presume this has been piloted. Yeah, they've piloted. I haven't yeah. read upon how they've tested it or who they've tested it with and what the demographic, the amount yeah. of... No, exactly. Be, I, I'd love to see it though. What, what the kind of which yeah. one gets most clicked on and that, and that kind of yeah. thing? Be, be curious. I imagine it will just be like. Yeah, exactly. I imagine. Wasn't, wasn't there a thing that Facebook were trying to push more positive news mm. to some people as a test? Yes, they did that. News to other people and seeing yeah. like some evil playing with their emotions <laughs> to see how people would react. And I wonder if they did something similar with these. Mm. See if the happy people all started putting yeah. Possibly, possibly. It's all rather terrifying. Who knows? Facebook's pulling our strings at any given time. Absolutely. So, are we? Are we? After this in-depth discussion, are we like angry? <laughs> How are we feeling? Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Really so, like that we'll um, we'll take a short break now, and then when we pop back, we're going to be talking about MWC. Where I don't know if you saw, but. Uh, Zuckerberg was speaking to an audience of people wearing uh, VR headsets, yeah. which uh, just goes to further stress the hold that Facebook has over all our lives. Mm. So hang in there while we play a tiny piece of music and we'll be back shortly. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. So this week saw the MWC Mobile World Congress trade show, which we talked about on last week's podcast. Um, it's been a pretty interesting show, I'd say. Interesting because it suggests the important products that people are going to care about this year. And also interesting because we've seen the public reaction to those products that have been announced. So how are we feeling, guys? Has anyone got smartphone fever? Uh, 
I have contracted smartphone fever. If I, I've gone so far as to be positive about um, a couple of smartphones that aren't made by Apple. Good lord. Which has caused a little bit of consternation mm. across the nation. What would be those... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, That's the right. Apple nation. What would be uh, those smartphones about which you were feeling so positive? Well, uh, the, well the LG G5 and the Samsung Galaxy S7. So both pretty sweet handsets. They are very sweet, if you ask me. Um, I wrote I wrote these two articles that were um, the cause of controversy. One of which was um, I think it was three things. I stretched so far as to say there were three things that the uh, G5 did better than the iPhone 6s, and four that the uh, S7 did better than the iPhone 6s, and possibly the other way around. Um, so many numbers. It's difficult <laughs> to keep track. But they, you know, if you look at um, and sp- at specs, look at the tech specs and the feature lists, it always looked bad for Apple um, because the, the processors are always vastly quicker and the uh, screen resolutions are always hugely higher and they have extra features like waterproofing and, and twin cameras and all this sort of thing. So I thought just for once uh, I'd look at it from the other point of view and uh, I have to say they are impressive. Yeah, I mean Galaxy S7 in particular has been already the pre-orders are much higher than expected. We know just from looking at web traffic loads of people are really interested in the launch there. What do you think, Chris? Anything to grab your attention while you've been watching MWC? Well, there's a few of the smartphones, as, as David mentioned, but at the same time, I always try and track back. One of my friends is currently looking for a phone, and he asked me, like, Chris, you got any advice of what phone to buy? And I said to him, well, do you really have to spend £600, £700 yeah, pounds sure. on a new phone? And you like. think about... <laughs> like there you go, um, but yeah, if you need to spend that much money, when most of the functionalities you can find in a in a phone that's maybe a third the price, mm. and so, at some ways it attracts my attention because I like technology, I actually love technology. <laughs> um, but can we can we just stop that? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow technology. <laughs> But um, but yeah, at the same time, does it? Um, it's making David angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god, I can see his, red, his face going red now. Um, but yes, uh, do we really need all that technology? Do we need it in the hands? Do we really need an octa-core processor in our in our hands? It just well, no, almost certainly not. And the interesting thing about that is, four of the cores are clocked down because of the effect on the battery exactly. that those eight cores mm. will have. So we have reached this point. We talked about this a little bit last week where. Mm. There's a certain amount of willy-waving going on with specs in order to get people to, to upgrade every year or every two years. Exactly. Um, but and interestingly, it does seem to have worked again. One of the things that was, was fascinating from our point of view is that the second most popular phone in terms of people engaging with stories about it on our sites was the Xiaomi phone, the Xiaomi oh, yes. Mi 5, I think Yeah, it is, that's right. Yeah. Um, which isn't even available in the UK, although you can, you can buy it in um, via resellers. Um, but again, it kind of speaks to the same thing in that it's a, a huge Chinese company who probably like, have global market share on the basis of their Chinese market mm-hmm. share. Um, and it's just a lot cheaper yeah. than the flagships are because that's what it needs to be because because they buy the same components and they put them together in China mm-hmm. and they're not adding in all the extra price that comes from marketing and you know, uh, localization and shipping great big swathe of these around the mm. world, uh, which kind of speaks to your point, I think, that people are mm. sort of slightly outside of the idea of needing to spend a huge amount of money on the smartphone. Indeed. Mm. But I, I wonder how many how many percentage of people will actually go, I kind of want a, a phone that I can go to in my local retailer. Yeah. Because... The Chinese phones are, one, as you said, hardly available, yeah, at least yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Um, 
And also you've got that whole software issue around yes. it. Because it's running Android, people want the latest software yeah. updated. And most of the time, these Chinese phones, you don't you don't get them often. I own a Chinese phone on the Honor 7, and I love it. But I'm, I'm someone that, who... That, that is intended for the UK market. I know there aren't mm. that many yeah. of them, but that was intended for Exactly. So it's, it's you know, pros and cons of getting a cheaper phone. Is it worth it? Is it not in terms of updates? It's not like, you know, Apple products where no matter where you're in the world, you're going to get the latest iOS, say 10, the one that's going to come out, you know, or whatever it's going to be named. So maybe this is where modular smartphones Uh, could come in because because, um, you know, that way you don't have to if I don't want to pay extra for. Um, whatever the, that particular spec is, then maybe you, you don't need to, or maybe they'll never take off beyond some strange techie people. I don't well, know. I mean, so modular phones for the uninitiated mm. is the idea that you don't need to replace the entire. It's a bit like a PC, I suppose. You don't need to replace mm. everything. You just, or, or not even, not have to replace everything. You can just choose what what hardware features and functions yeah. you build have your own phone kind together. Of. The interesting thing about that is Google was pushing it a lot at one stage, and mm. I think that's because Google wants people to use Android essentially yeah. it's, it's no real Google doesn't have a stake in the hardware game particularly no. it has done in the past just to get people to use Android mm. um, so again it's a little bit like Microsoft with Windows they want the hardware to be good and useful for people but they don't really care if you buy a new product every two years mm. whereas um, from most of the OEM's point of view it's all about for Samsung it's about shifting hardware mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, other things that were interesting at MWC, I suppose, uh, and seemed to be quite interesting, was the VR headsets. Mm. Do you see any of that? I'm looking at you, Christopher. Yeah, I saw the, some of the pictures of the VR headsets and things like that, and that just kind of boggles my mind. Is but this the year of VR, or is, is it going to be another year where it's the year of VR and it isn't the year of VR? Well, that's, that's a question. I mean, it's a good question, because a lot of it's people... quite a convoluted question. <laughs> it was, <laughs> well, a lot of people... Uh, it's the same thing with TVs. You had 3D TVs. They didn't really take off. No, yeah. They, they, you know, they've evolved since I think it was 1970s or something like that. They were developed, and then they came back into market in, say, 2010 or so. Yeah. Um, massive PR around them and marketing and all of that. But how many people do you know that actually have a 3D TV, mm-hmm. but then yeah, actually yeah. use exactly. the 3D TV? And and the big um, VR headset of MWC seems to have been the HTC Vive Pro, mm-hmm. which is. To the point we made last week, it is now going to be commercially available. You can buy it. Uh, you don't need to have another product with it. Mm-hmm. It just works. But it is going to retail in the states for seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So we're reaching the point where it's a thing you can get, and people will make content for it. But it's still that kind of first generation, a little bit like mm-hmm. when the video was the a video uh, a VHS. I'm looking around the table and realizing everybody's so much younger than me, apart from David. They can't, <laughs> they can't remember this, but like know, you know, after, after your yeah, house and your car buy. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Buying a VHS recorder, <coughs> renting a yeah. VHS recorder was the next most expensive purchase you made. And we're kind of at that beginning period of the um, VR um, uh, story, mm-hmm. and it may or may not work out. But it's mm. going to depend on content, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I tend to struggle to think of what would be better in VR than, in, than on a normal television. Mm. I saw one application, this is a little while ago actually, it was um, a video game, a horror video game, mm. in which you had to wear a VR headset, and then within the world inside the VR, you are playing a person sitting on a sofa playing a computer game. It's <laughs> very meta. Which is fantastic. <coughs> because, um, you're seeing things on the television which are themselves uh, creepy and so on. But then you can look left and right away from the yeah. um, in-game game and then you see there are windows with rain lashing down and it's dark and then people mm. start knocking on the window. Mm. And because there's that extra layer of immersion yeah. in that sort of uh, inception way, then that works. That would only work in mm. VR. Mm. But most yeah. of the other applications I've seen, they just seem it's a bit annoying because you've got the. Well, I mean, there are, there are commercial applications, there are enterprise applications. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy a, a car or a house, the fact that you could see multiple cars or houses from a immersive way rather than just looking at pictures or. Mm. Does that? Do you need to be able to see that from the side of your? You don't need to be, but it's the idea of a three sixty view yeah. that you could look around. Yeah. And I mean, it'll be. It's kind of. I can definitely see how it's going to take off in in gaming first of all. But there are definitely some interesting applications, like, um, uh, for example, training people to deal with disaster zones yeah. was one thing, and also, uh, I mean, the, the Ministry of Defence uses VR and has done for a while in in kind of uh, training people to deal with battle uh, situations, which is kind of similar to a game. It is. Yeah, and, and from a, um, um, from you know, a broadcast point of view, I always think sports are really interesting. Mm. Um, if you could choose which seat you sit in the stadium, yeah. could you know you could potentially experience replays whilst in the uh, um, the the shoes of the person who's playing. You know that that could be a really extraordinary experience. Um, similarly with. Um, if you're watching uh, or listening to a musical performance, you could be on stage with the band, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all this is sort of fairly science fictiony at the minute. Mm, um, yeah, I think it's it's sort of a to be to be seen quite a lot of it. I mean, I, I think it will be massive in gaming mm. in the next year or two. Whether it will kind of take off way beyond that, I don't I don't really know. So, speaking of science fiction, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about robots. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. So, welcome back, listener. Thank you for sticking with us. And now we're going to talk about robots, <laughs> artificial intelligence. That looks so much better when I wrote it down on the page. <laughs> Charlotte, what the hell's going on in artificial intelligence? Okay, so um, I went to an interesting seminar this week, which was organised by the law firm Kemp Little. And it was looking at some of the ramifications of artificial intelligence um, from a legal standpoint. Uh, of which I will say more in a second. Um, 
But essentially, we're, we're reaching an interesting point where uh, artificial intelligence is definitely being hyped up a lot at the moment. People are talking about it a lot. Um, the uh, first speaker was a chap called Gerard Frith, who's the CEO of a consultancy called Matter. And they do artificial intelligence projects for companies. So they've been doing stuff like replacing call centre agents, valuing houses, providing financial advice. They've actually built a pensions advisor called Matilda, (laughs) who um, I believe that they're using IBM's Watson technology for some of this. And you can have a natural language conversation with her about what you should do with your money. And um, she understands idioms and metaphors. So if you say, what happens when I die... I mean, from a pension point of view, not (laughs) generally. Um, She'll understand that. And she'll also understand if you say what happens when I pop my clogs. Right. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, Is that taking someone's job? Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, um, I mean, call centre agents, uh, for example, some countries like the Philippines, that could be quite threatening to their actual economy, I guess. Um, but the, there was another really interesting point, which was um, about sort of obviously a lot of people know Moore's law uh, about computing power uh, multiplying every two years, um, doubling. Um, but of course, it applies to technology generally. So kind of artificial intelligence, they were saying that you can reach the point where it develops very slowly and then it suddenly develops very quickly. Um, and the very most interesting point of the this discussion was the idea of singularity which is the point where artificial intelligence exceeds the most intelligent human mm-hmm. on the planet and he was saying that it's it's very difficult to predict when that will happen but he said it it will have systems a billion times more powerful by the 2040s i mean this is all kind of very far out predictive stuff but basically his his theory is that it could be closer than people think it is so in our lifetimes it's being yeah. Um, it, uh, singularity, so being the point where there are machines that are more intelligent than we are. And at that point, the machines can create more machines, and then it goes exponentially. And then Will Smith turns up and tries to shut it down. And um, I mean, that's one that's Explain one point it. of view. I mean, on the other hand, <laughs> there are other points of view. Um, certainly, there's a professor called Nigel Shadbolt, um, who is an expert on artificial intelligence, who I interviewed a while back, who basically said, everyone should calm down a bit about it <laughs> um he said the crucial point right. is a lot of these a lot of these machines can't um do task transfer so they might be able right. to learn one thing about one thing but they can't then apply it to another mm. and you well, know what if there's a robot that's built for world domination <laughs> an evil dictator it's a terminator. Yeah. it doesn't need to transfer its skills so this is where so this is where this debate often this is where the line it kind of often goes down yes but i think the line that he said to me that i like most of all was that it's not artificial intelligence that's worrying, it's human stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> so it's what, what, what human beings could delegate, delegate to machines um, that perhaps is more worrying. Or the law not keeping up to date with technology. Sure. Um, that could be potentially worrying. So yeah. stuff like copyright. If a machine creates something, is it the person who programmed the machine that made it? Mm. Or the machine? If there's a driverless wow. car crash, you know, does the it's car try to save the most lives or save the passenger or yeah, so if you're being chased by the police can your car be commanded to stop and give you up yeah a, kind yeah. of minority report style yeah yeah that does happen doesn't it yeah his car real life, i think so i think well, no no in minority report i think his car gets uh, well, shut down in, uh, uh, in the johnny cab in uh, also for total recall <laughs> you're in the johnny cab yeah <laughs> yeah 
but those people need air really quite <laughs> So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of so the, the conflict is artificial intelligence singularity could be yeah. closer than we think, or this is all wildly overblown. And you know, even a three-year-old is more intelligent than than any of these machines. Well, it depends what we mean by intelligence, isn't it? Really? Mm. That's actually a very good point. The Chinese, the Chinese room thought experiment. Does the Chinese room understand Chinese? Mm. Mm. What you know that one? Is is the cat dead or alive? <laughs> oh God! Similar what? to that. Oh, that's Schrodinger's cat, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to completely fail to describe the <laughs> okay. room thing. There's somebody inside the Chinese room, I think. Right. And he has a load of dictionaries. Mm. And so if somebody says, what does uh, Ni Hao mean? And he can look it up and then he says out the other side what it means. Right. Mm. Does, the, does the room as a system understand Chinese? Right, gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Of course, the answer is no, doesn't yeah. it? No. Yeah. No. That's no. no, actually well. a very good point. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks. Good thanks yeah. What about, uh, so you, we're talking about it, we're talking about the singularity... What about today? What's you know? Are, are we inter? You know, you talked about a call center idea. Mm, yeah. Are we unwittingly interacting with artificial intelligence as we go about our daily yes. lives? Yes, yes, we are. I mean, Google Maps uses AI. Facebook uses AI. I mean, another another way of putting it, there's a kind of a, a subset of AI called machine learning, yeah. which is actually pretty well established in a lot of companies. We yeah, we interact with AI all the time. Siri is AI yeah. on your phone. Um, so yeah, I mean, in reality, it, that doesn't make it seem quite so scary sure. when you realise that we're using it all the time. Or maybe it is scary because we don't realise we're using it. Well, we're mm. all part of the Skynet, aren't we? So yeah. <laughs> so one final point, very important, but uh, sex robots. Is that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, possibly. There's laws against it in Japan now, aren't there? Which is amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, I, I think I can definitely see some kind of combination of VR and artificial intelligence and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Maybe people will fall in love with their operating systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix style. I think the, I don't know. the reality is that huh. uh, every major technological advance and every major um, mm. broadcast technology advance yep. has coincided with s- some rude men. Some some filthy purposes happening. Yeah. yeah. So people will... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People will great. definitely have sex robots, and uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, fair enough. I mean, to be honest, if that uh, you know keeps yeah. people off the streets, you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the oh. point is, we shouldn't go too much further down. <sighs> but the, the the problem is, it then does also uh, teach a strange lesson. Yes, because then then obviously maybe they'll sort of love their robots so much that yeah. real women will yeah. seem quite. Yeah, exactly. Yucky Naggy. in comparison. Naggy. <laughs> Naggy, apparently. Wow. On that bombshell, let's oh. take a short break while Charlotte takes David outside and gives him a sound thrashing. <laughs> and then we're going to move on to our final subject of this week. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. So, David, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Apple and Donald Trump. So what has that ridiculous American creation been up to this week? Um, and what about Donald Trump? Uh, right, Donald Trump wants us all to boycott Apple. That's the... Um, Sold. Like... That's, <laughs> that's the, wow. Uh, that's the elevator pitch. I'm going to read to you what he, uh, he said. And he said this apparently off the cuff at a town hall meeting. So I think that gives an idea of how much thought he'd given to it. He said, um, what I think you ought to do is boycott Apple until such time as they give that security number. How do you like that? I just thought of that. Now, he didn't, say, he didn't say, how do you like them apples? Well, that's... Oh. Mr. You like them, comma, Apple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, a few things to say about this. First of all, he doesn't understand anything about technology. I think he could have just stopped. 
Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, um, he says, give that security number. I think Donald Trump believes that when you create a passcode on an iPhone, that this is added to um, a spreadsheet that, yeah. a, that pops up at Apple yeah. HQ and that they're just refusing to give that I number. I suspect a lot of people might think that's the case. Yeah, actually. absolutely. But, but most of those would not be on the verge of having the power to impose um, economic sanctions on other countries and international corporations. But um, in this case, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He apparently came up with it on the the spur of the moment, as I said. He he pursued Mm -hmm. the idea afterwards Mm -hmm. in a series of tweets, um, most of which were tweeted from an iPhone, which which, which is sort of entertaining, but um, I don't think really undermines his point. But um, the other thing to know about Donald Trump and... Uh, the upper boycott is that he boycotts everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just everybody. He tried to boycott Scotland once. Um, <laughs> he he boycotted Oreos. Um, he boycotted Macy's because they boycotted him. Wow. Um, he that's his his main way of putting forward his views is to attack people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's dealing with a corporation, then what well, he uses his social media leverage to tell mm-hmm. everybody not to buy their product. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thinks it's going to work in this case, and I think he might have bitten off more than he can chew. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a PR. Yeah. When you consider Apple's constituency, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not yeah. doing it wrong. We're, you're sort of laughing about Donald Trump, and, and you know this is not a politics podcast, but he could easily become president of, of the US. That's that's certainly yeah. a thing that could happen. So he's a serious candidate. But I think if we think about Apple's core constituency, they're not bedfellows with Donald Trump. The, the brand values that Apple espouses, right down to the designed in California, made in California aspects of them, I think it's unlikely to hurt them if Donald Trump's railing about boycotting I don't, Apple. I don't know if that's true. I think he has consistently underestimated um, how damaging in the general election his comments will be. And right. so this sort of thing plays well in the primaries. Yeah. All this mm. just attacking all the usual... Um, targets. He's going to have to go to the centre if he goes in the general election mm. because he has to form some sort of consensus. And there are many, many, many people who have an Apple product. Yeah. And yeah, some of them are awful um, um, Portland uh, hipsters with black framed glasses using MacBooks. Baristas. Baristas. That's or, their main. Or UX experts. Yeah, of course. Um, part time UX experts who also work as baristas. <laughs> yes. But there are millions of others. And mm. I don't know if he really... I mean, I suppose it sounds good if you're, um, you know, an out-of-work steel worker from uh, Minnesota. It sounds really great when you hear somebody saying, I hate politicians and I hate those rich people that buy iPhones. Mm. But there are lots of people who are middle class in America and will be thinking, yeah. well, A, I'm not an idiot and I understand this guy is talking like an idiot and talking as if he thinks I'm an idiot. Mm. And number two, he's, he's attacking people like me for using these products from this company that we like and why is he attacking yeah. somebody that doesn't need to be attacked you know? yeah exactly. it kind of it kind of belies a sort of lack of understanding of tech as well because it's not the first time he's kind of made comments about technology because he down the internet. he said yeah he's going to call mm. up bill gates and get him to kind of shut that thing down and he talks about apple yeah. opening up its security which was an interesting yeah. comment um i don't i don't think he's Overly familiar. But then, are any politicians particularly? I mean, are, are politicians generally very tech savvy? I don't no. know. Because one of the things with the Apple story that's kind of underreported is, is the 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 view from some political sides seems to be that all the Apple products should be sold in such a way that um, they can be uh, kind of in the way you mm. described, David, uh, locked to the individual, but somehow open to Apple. Mm. And the problem with that, leaving aside the morals and the ethics of it, is. 
it's technologically yeah. very, very difficult yeah, to it's, do. Yeah, it's, it's a lack of understanding. Of... Um, but then there's this, again, it's the classic thing where politicians and technology meet and, and, you know, someone got into a room with Tony Blair many years ago and said, we're going to create an NHS where you have one record and it will follow you wherever you go and the NHS will be paperless and mm. it's the infamous IT disaster. The fact is the vision was great, but the mm. technology didn't exist to... Delivered. Yeah, so it's actually can be quite dangerous to have politicians who don't understand what they're talking about. No. Because I mean that that they can waste ten billion pounds yeah. in that case, or they can, um, you know, perhaps uh, make decisions about crime, or I don't know, even even kind of national security decisions that could be. You have to accept dodgy. that somebody in that level of power um, is not going to know everything about. No, no, no. no. You need to be able to delegate. Yeah. The, yeah. the thing that would worry me if I was an American voter would be that Donald Trump doesn't display any. Uh, willingness to mm. concede that anybody else yeah. knows yeah. more than he does. Because mm. if, if he did, he would have speech writers that would say to him, yeah. here is a, a child's understanding mm. of how iPhone technology works. Um, yeah. He would then not sound like he does. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if he's suddenly going to become humble and I doubt it. well-informed. I think he's probably um, either... I think he's probably got some kind of psychopathy or personality disorder he's, he's wow. clearly is i mean at the risk of getting in some kind of trouble i mean he's clearly not if, if we not well adjusted <laughs> yeah I, I i do wonder what what on earth is going on in his brain i'd quite like to see a full mental report this is a man desk. who we get slightly off topic here but who goes around america building massive golden towers and putting his name on them mm. and his I name means fart yeah. so I think there may be some inadequacy being uh, dealt with. Uh, yes, maybe. I mean, you know, we've all bought Ford Capri in our time, but this is kind of that. Large, Gone wild. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, on that bombshell, I think it's probably time that we uh, we shuttled off somewhere. So thank you for sticking with us, listener. We love all of you because those of you who are left now, number one or two, I suspect. Uh, do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, courtesy of our good friends, Audio Technica. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.